I'm a worship pastor. I'm living the dream. I have a wife. I have four kids. My life couldn't be better. Even in the midst of my worst day, my days are better with Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Let's give the Lord a hand. Say, Jesus. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Very good. We want to say hello to everybody who's a, a visitor. Anybody visiting from all our campuses, raise your hand wherever you are. Raise your hand so we can give them a big hand. To our visitors, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor of the Rock. We want to welcome all our people online and in our campuses, San Ysidro, El Cajon, and North County, and our microsites as well. Um, Friday was our 15-year anniversary from this church, so I'm going to give the Lord a big hand for that. We are going to have a, a presentation on April 12th, after, right the week after Easter, but um, I want to say thank you to all the people who have been supporting us for 15 years. Uh, we started 15 years ago at San Diego State, uh, February 27th. We had 3,000 people, 3,300 people our first day. Uh, we moved 33 times in the five years we were there. Amen. We, we were never there for a full year. Uh, then we moved to another location while we were getting this building. This building took six and a half years uh, to get into once we found it. Uh, raised millions of dollars over the time, millions and millions of hours of, of volunteer service in the community. Countless thousands of people have been saved and we couldn't even tell the stories. But it's only because the people have been very faithful all those years. Um, and we want to thank all those people. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's been an honor to be the pastor of this church and I hope to be until the day I die. And I don't plan to die for a long time. So uh, uh, my goal is 120. Um, I promise I will not stay the pastor if I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to make 120. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to a lot of years, but it's been a great 15 years. So if we can give all those people a great thank you for their service. Amen. And we literally are doing things today that I never thought would be possible, that you could have multiple campuses. And I just, that didn't exist when we started. So uh, I can't imagine what's going to be happening in 15 years from now. So let's all, uh, let's get on our knees and pray. Lord, thank you so much for 15 years. Thank you for all the souls that changed lives. The people have gone to be with you since then. We thank you that one day we will be with you. And Lord, I pray you bless us today and challenge us today. Challenge us. Give us a vision. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have your Bible, will you lift our Bibles up and say word. So on three, count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Let's turn to... Um, uh, 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 uh. Let's turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And what I would like to do even before we start is take communion together. Today ends a 21-day fast and for some people a 40-day fast. Amen. <laughs> Say amen if you are ending your fast today. And if you're ending your fast today, say amen if you had a cheeseburger this morning. 
And if you did, say amen if you're feeling sick about right now. Um, I just want to officially end your fast, even though you've probably had some eat already, by taking communion. And we're going to all take it together on all our campuses. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave his body for our sin. If you don't have a, a cup, raise your hand. The ushers will get it to you. And we give our life to Christ. We are actually giving our life, our eternal life, but also our physical body that God, this belongs to you. And I want to serve you with this. My mind, my mouth, my eyes, my ears, my hands. I'm not just checking the box so I can go to heaven. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. That's what being saved means. And at the last supper, Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body. It was broken for you. He was beat, whipped, spit on, hit with rods, beard pulled out, nails put in his hands and feet, thorns in his head. So we remember it was a physical pain that he endured, nothing like any of us will ever endure. Lord, we thank you for suffering for us. We thank you for dying for us. And we take this bread in remembrance of your sacrifice on the cross for our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Be very careful when you open the cup. We don't do dry cleaning for the juice to get on your clothes. All throughout the Bible, there was no forgiveness of sin unless there was bloodshed. Jesus shed his innocent blood for our sin. So when we take this cup, we are reminding ourselves and acknowledging to the world that we know Jesus shed his blood for our sin, therefore you are forgiven. And though the devil will remind you what you did last night at the club, the hotel, or in the comfort of your own house, <laughs> God forgive me. He has forgiven you. Lord, we thank you that your blood forgives us of our sin, cleanses us, renews our mind that we may think differently. We acknowledge that we are eternally forgiven in Jesus' name. In the name of the Jesus, amen. Please uh, take those cups with you when you leave. Appreciate it. Question for you. I want you to imagine you're someone at your job, at your, on your softball team, Starbucks where you go week in after week out. There's someone that you know, that you've known for a long time that you talk to them, they talk to you, you talk about each other, they talk about their family, you talk about your family. But it wasn't until two or three years after you met them that they told you they were married and that they had kids. And you're like, you know, I've been knowing you for two or three years, you never mentioned your family. And even when I mention my family, you kind of change the subject or you kind of nod, I never know what that's like, it's kind of awkward and... We end up talking about something else, and here we are two or three years later. Now you're telling me you have a family, and you have a wife and kids. What's up with that? If you knew somebody in that situation and never knew about their private life, stuff that's supposed to be important to them, but they never talked about it, say amen if you thought that would be a little odd. Amen. I wonder how many of you know Jesus. 
the most important relationship you have. No doubt. You may not think so, but it is. It's the only relationship that's going to get you into heaven. It's the only relationship that can change your life really from the inside out. It's the only relationship that can stabilize the rest of your life and normalize the rest of your relationships. It's the only relationship that can give you clarity on your purpose of your life. It's the only relationship that can transform your mind, your heart, your thoughts, sus pensamientos, your thoughts in your mind. It's the only relationship that can do all that. And someone could know you for years and you never talk about it. And you can meet people who are going through hard times and you never tell them about it. Yet you talk about everything else with enthusiasm. You never talk about Jesus. Say amen if that's kind of odd. Amen. It's not only odd, it's sinful. It breaks God's heart. He's like, all I've done for you, you can't tell somebody what I've done for you. Over the next five weeks leading up to Easter, we are going to learn how to share our testimony. And we're actually going to practice in service with each other. So bring somebody you know. And if you don't know anybody, you can either say it to someone next to you or say it to yourself. Trust me, we'll, we won't put you in a really bad spot. You can just say it to yourself. But it's just going to be three minutes. At the beginning of the service, you saw a video on the screen of parts of three testimonies. Because we are going to launch an app next week called Gospel Central where you're going to be able to search for a testimony to send to somebody you want to share your faith with. And the testimony is going to match that person's issue. So if you meet somebody who's on cocaine, you could search cocaine, female, female, cocaine, uh, African-American, white, Asian, or you don't even, if you don't want to get that specific, you don't have to. And they'll find a video of a person that matches your friend and send them a testimony. And at the end of every testimony, obviously, is the gospel. That app we're going to launch next week. And so we're going to give you that app and we're going to ask you to put as many of your testimonies on it. We would love to get thousands of testimonies on it. So whenever anybody searches anywhere in the world, they can get somebody who matches their friend. We're also going to give you a card this month that will have the gospel on it that you will actually share with people. And if they get saved, they can text in saved and we'll get information to them. And then we're going to empower you to share your testimony in, actually if you get down with it, you can do it in 45 seconds, but two or three minutes, just like that. How many of you know five people that you know need the Lord? Raise your hand real high. Okay, very good. Five, everyone say five. five. Let's raise your hand one more time. Five people. Very good. Okay, five people. That means that right now in all the campuses, I'm guessing three, four, five, there's probably uh, 15, maybe 10 to 12,000 people just in this service that are represented by all your hands. Okay. I'm doing the math in my head, maybe close to 15,000 just in this service alone that you all know that need to be saved. And so I'm going to make a bold statement right now. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a faith statement, a faith challenge for our church. That between now and April 12th, which is the week after Easter, 15,000 people will get saved by all what we do. 15,000, that's my bold no faith. And, and here's how easy it's going to be. Everyone say easy. easy. Say muy facil. It's muy, muy, very easy, muy facil. It's, here's how easy it is. All you have to do is facilitate... One person giving their life to the Lord. Just say one person. Say certainly, say certainly, God can use me 
to lead one person to the Lord. Now, you're gonna, there's many ways you're going to do it. You can give them the card that we're going to give you and they can pray and they text in, that's your one person. And if you really, 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 really want to make it kind of like really, really easy, just like mail it to them. <laughs> and pray. <laughs> you can share your testimony. You can put your testimony on Gospel Central and watch, if someone gets saved watching your video, you'll see it ticked by your name. You'll tell you how many people get saved watching your video. Get Gospel Central, the, 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 the app, and send it to a friend. You can send it to people every day. Just send it to people. Just send it to people. And if they, if they, and if they get saved, we're all gonna, it's all going to uh, get logged in our data bank, all the people who get saved. And so we're going to be able to tell you on April 19th, because we're going to go through the 12th, on April 19th we're going to tell you how many people got saved. And my faith statement, my faith goal is 15,000. Let me say 15,000. Now, I want you to take out the, 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 the lesson plan you have because in your lesson plan is a form. And we're going to start that process right now. Get your lesson plan out. Everyone say 15,000. 15, now, you're going to say, where did you get that number? Well, a few things. One, it's our 15th year. But more importantly, I got that number because on average we have 15,000 people in church. And if all of us just do one person, there's 15,000. And so I'm putting the onus on all of you. You would say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. You do not have to have the gift of evangelism for someone to get saved. So whoever told you that, that they misled you, all of us should share our faith. The people who have the gift of evangelism, me being one, we just happen to have a higher percentage of people who get saved and a higher passion of doing it and a higher boldness to do it. But I'm telling you, and this is what I know. Because the one thing I've been doing my whole entire life of being a Christian, and the one thing I'm gifted at doing is leading people to the Lord. And the one thing I do know for sure is that every single one of you, and even though I don't know you, I know this is true. Every single one of you have multiple people who are waiting for you to ask them. To be saved. That if you simply said, can, if you, there's, you have someone in your life, you may have to search for them. But you have someone in your life, if you said to them, um, would you be interested in asking Jesus to be your savior? Just cold. Somebody in your life will go, uh, yeah. You have those people. They're around you. Now, other people are going to need a little explanation. Some people are going to need uh, some, some exp uh, a little more information. But in the end, there are people around you just waiting for an invitation. They just don't know how. So we're going to tell you how. And it's very easy. Okay. Now in your lesson plan, look at your lesson plan right at the top. It has three names. And so what I want you to do, just, just for the next 30 seconds, I want you to write three people's names. This is for you. You're going to keep this. And next to it, it says drugs, divorce, or whatever. I just want you to circle one or write one in what they're dealing with. Because the app that we're going to give you it's going to allow you to identify them that way. Now, some of you may say, well, I'm not even a Christian myself. Put your name there. <laughs> now, for real, just put me. <laughs> and if you're not a Christian, by the way, in, in a few minutes you're going to get an opportunity. But if you're not a Christian, guess what? You can not only put your name, you, you have probably know more non-Christians than the Christians. So put their names down. And here's what I want you to do. Start praying for them. Now, I'm going to challenge some of you because I just believe it's my gut 
that some of you believers won't do it. And there's a lot of reasons why you won't. You're scared. You don't think you know any Christians. Well, I'm going to tell you all those reasons. I'm going to put them under one banner. And this is really, hopefully will get you in the gut. You're scared. The devil is trying to intimidate you because he does not want you to share in your faith. I'm going to pray for you because he's ripping you off of the most powerful story you have is your testimony. It is the most powerful story. Matter of fact, um, we're just going to go straight to Revelation. Turn to Revelation. Forget the other ones. <laughs> Revelation, the last book of the Bible, verse chapter 12. So many of us are so quick to share a Bible, story, a Bible study or share verses with somebody. You know, the Bible says you need to do this. The Bible says you need to do that. And all that's great. But Bible studies are what should be. You should be forgiving like this. You should be living like this. You shouldn't be living like this. And we're all quick to judge other people. You're living wrong. And all that's great. And it all talks about what should be. Your testimony is what is. And when we're talking about what should be, often we're not even living that way. But our testimony is what is. What is God doing in your life now? What has he done in your life? How well do you know and are you in touch with what God's doing in your life? That is so important. And it's the one thing that the devil cannot rip you off, rip off from your life. He can prove you wrong in your theology. He can out-argue you. But when you say, no, this is what happened to me. There's a guy in the Bible in John chapter 9. I don't have time to read it. But in John chapter 9, he was blind all his life. He gets healed by Jesus. And the Pharisees, the religious say, who healed you? He shouldn't be healing you. He's a sinner, blah, blah, blah. And the guy who was blind said, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who that dude is. I don't know if he's a, a, a rabbi, a serial killer. These are my words. I'm just throwing a little extra in there just to put it in the context. I don't, I don't know if the dude, you know, it, 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 it just got out of jail. All I know is that I was blind. Now I see. That's all I know. And you can't take that from me. There's another guy who, who was, who was, uh, uh, was demon-possessed, all in shackles in a cave. No one would go near him because he was breaking the chains. He was screaming. He had all these demons in him. Jesus walks up to him. The demons throw the guy down at Jesus' feet. And the demons start worshiping Jesus. And by the way, the demons will tell you don't worship God. They'll tell you don't lift your hands, don't sing out. But yet they worship him every time they're in his presence. Read the Bible. Every time. Not one time did the demons talk trash to Jesus. They bow on their face and say we know who you are. Please don't torment us. So why don't, they, why don't they tell you to do that? Because they're liars. And so this demon-possessed man, full of 2,000 demons, at least 2,000 demons with uh, pigs, 2,000 pigs that were filled with the demons that came out of the man ran down the hill. So we assume 2,000 demons were in the man. They bow down and, and Jesus says, you go into the pigs and then the man is sitting there chill. He's not going crazy anymore. And the people are scared. They're tripping because this guy who was crazy wasn't crazy. And the guy who had the demons cast out of him, he says to Jesus, Jesus, can I, can I come with you? And Jesus says, no. These are my words. What? <laughs> Why not? And here's what he said. I want you to go home. I want you to tell everybody you know what good things the Lord has done for you. That's what we're talking about. 
that you need to be telling people what God has done for you. Not preaching at them, just sharing your testimony. Hey, I was blind, now I see. I'm not perfect, but I sure wasn't what I was. That's it. It's the most basic, powerful Bible story you have. And you need to be telling everybody you know, not as soon, hey, how you doing, my name is Jim. Hey, let me tell you my testimony. But if someone knows you, they need to see Jesus in your life. And at some point, at some point, you pray for the opportunity for them to have an for them to have an opportunity to know the Savior you know. That is the most powerful and basic responsibility we have because God lives in us that we may expand His kingdom, and His kingdom is expanded by people getting saved and living for Him. And when they're full of His love, everything else takes care of itself. Revelation twelve. I wish I was there to see this passage happen. This was awesome. It says, war broke out in heaven. Ooh, stop right there. What the heck does that look like? War in heaven. Michael and his angels, or Mikael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. And they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, the same person, angel. The devil was an angel. And the, the, the angels that he took with him became demons. The great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. The accuser of our brethren, who you accuses them before God day and night has been cast down. How many of you by show of hands ever felt accused? Like in your head, just people, con a voice condemning you, telling you no good, you're this, you're a failure. Raise your hand real high. You know who that is? It's the devil. He is the accuser of you Day and night. And some of you have become his voice to other people. When you gossip, you're, 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 just, you're just being the devil's voice. You're accusing other people. So that's what he does day and night, one of the things he does. And then look what it says. Verse 11, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. Oh, by the way, the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ is the lamb. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, his blood... Pay the price for your sin. The penalty of our sin is death. Jesus died for us. When Jesus Christ died for us and you receive his forgiveness as payment for your sin by saying, Lord, please forgive me. I give my life to you. When you do that, his blood cleanses you of your sin. You're no longer guilty before God. So the devil can talk all the trash you want. I'm forgiven. I'm not perfect. Me and God are still working it out together, but I'm forgiven. So, devil, you can say all you want. God's not hating on me. Okay? And look what it says after that. I overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Say the word of their testimony. Your testimony that you were blind, now you see. You were God's enemy, now you were God's friend. God created you for the purpose of having a relationship with you. Our sin, our selfishness pushes God away. Salvation is reestablishing that relationship. 
Your testimony is your story about that process. It's that simple. My testimony is very simple. I played football, did cocaine, smoked marijuana, ran wild. Someone told me Christ loved me. I asked him to forgive me. I stopped doing cocaine in one day, and then now I'm walking with God. It's that simple. And every single one of us have this responsibility to say, here's what happened to me. And the people that you know that are aimlessly walking around trying to figure life out, they just need to know, here's an answer for you. And so you, you have to know that the devil does not want you saying that. Why? Because the Bible says what we just read, that the, that the power, the testimony, look what it says in verse um, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. In your notes, in your notes, the second one, two, three in the bottom, it says your story reveals and reminds you and other people of the power of Christ's work in your life. The devil does not want you to be reminded. You know what the devil wants? The devil wants you to pray a prayer, go to church, pray a prayer, and then kind of fade back into doing what you were doing before. And the devil wants you to think that in order for you to change, you have to do it with your willpower, which you can't. The devil wants you to think it's impossible. And so the devil wants you to just come to church Put your time in. Okay, God, me and you are good. And just live your life out there doing whatever you want to do and not understand the power of what God can do in your life. When you share your testimony, you are reminding yourself and other people, no, I gave my junk to God. I am no longer guilty in the eyes of God. He has accepted me and loves me. And so when the devil comes and starts accusing you, telling you this, telling you that, you say, hold up, fool, I've been forgiven. Yeah, yeah you're a cokehead. I, I, we have people call here all the time and say a bunch of craziness on the phone. And, 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 and people call here on a regular basis and say, Miles is still on cocaine. I mean, just madness, madness. I'm like, you know what, I'm not. And if you see me doing cocaine, please come up and slap me in the head <laughs> with a bat. <laughs> but it's like an accusation. I'm not doing cocaine. Devil, I'm not doing cocaine. You can say what you want. That life is gone. Amen. So be reminded of that. Look at number two in your notes. Your story reveals the, the source of your hope for yourself and other people. In other words, my life was hopeless. This is you and me. My life was hopeless. And Jesus died even when I didn't deserve it. And he forgave me. And he changed me. You can have that too. And my life that I am living now is evidence that something happened that I couldn't do. When the disciples changed and the, and the religious leaders saw the disciples preaching, they said, we don't understand. You guys don't have education and you're not trained. You don't have any training, but you're, you have power in your message and people's lives are being changed through your life. And they said, certainly you must have been with Jesus. That must be what it is. And when you start sharing what God has done in your life, people are going to say, that's what it is. I want that. Other than that, they're just going to think you're a nice person. Do you know that nice people go to hell? Because you can't be nice enough to get yourself to heaven. It's like you can't have enough, you don't have enough soap to wash your sin. 
You don't have enough niceness to get God to say, you know what, even though you're unforgiven, I just, you just deserve to come here. And there are a lot of really nice people in the world. Can I get an amen? But they're still sinners. You know, I was in Africa uh, uh, last summer, two, summers ago, uh, two Octobers ago, South Africa. I went into a cage with lions, full-grown lions, six of them, full-grown, this high, to feed them with my hand. And the pastor who's down there, he said, you shouldn't go in there. I said, I want to go in. You know, I trust the guy who I just met. Uh, <laughs> I go in and say, I'm feeding these. And I'm going in the cage, like a four-acre cage, but you go in this gate. And I'm walking in the cage going, and this little voice in my head's going, what are you doing? You are out of your mind. And my other voice is saying, yeah, but, you know, when are you going to get a chance to do this? This is going this. It'll be over here in a few minutes. It'll, it could be over in a few minutes. <laughs> and one thing he said to me, and I went in there and fed him, and then I left. Um, and I got video and pictures of it because I, I, I didn't think I'd ever do it again. But one of the things he said, to me, he says, Miles, they may be nice and tame, but they're still wild animals. And I left. He went in then. Because he didn't want to get upsided by me, and he lives down there. And, uh, and he was in there, and he left. And then last, uh, six months ago, someone got mauled by one of those very lions. You could be a nice person, but you're still a sinner. And number three in your notes. Your story reminds Satan of your authority over him. I can't encourage you more than anything to start praying, God, I want to tell people about you in a way where they understand how loving you are and how good you have been to me. And by a show of hands, and, and I, I, I know it's hard not to raise your hand when a bunch of other people are raising their hands, but I really want you to think about this before I ask you because I'm, this, is, this next five weeks we're going to really take this very serious. How many of you would like to be able to share your testimony in a very comfortable, non-threatening but powerful way? Okay, very good. I'm telling you, how many of you would like to see people saved right before your eyes that you know? I'm telling you. You know what the Bible says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God wants those people to be saved. He wants those people to be saved. If he wants those people to be saved, you want those people to be saved, I want those people to be saved, and we pray and share, guess what's going to happen? People are going to get saved. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And by the way, uh, before, before we pray, uh, it's going to be a fight. Because the devil does not want you doing this. Oh, no, no, no. You're going to have a flat tire. It's going to rain on your head. Your umbrella's going to go upside down. All kinds of craziness. The people, gonna, the people you're praying about, they're going to start cursing you out. They'll do some crazy. They're going to steal money from you. All right, I'm crossing them off the list. They ain't getting saved. Oh, they're going to hell with that. <laughs> oh, for reals, though, I'm telling you truth. T-R-U-F, truth. It's going to happen. But you got to fight. You got to fight. I didn't see the Ronda Rousey fight last night. Uh, did she win, by the way? That girl scares me. That girl scares me. Um, when, you, when you see that stuff, I don't, I don't even watch that stuff, not any theological reason. I just never got into it. But, however, when I do see it, I'm like, dang, those people are beasts. Uh, that's how the devil fights. 
I'm not saying she's a devil at all. Not at all. <laughs> any, any violent sport, football, it's all, that is, that's a, a metaphor for the battle you were in. It's really the point. So don't think, oh, I'm just going to do this and st- stuff's going to start coming your way. Don't back down. Don't back down. I want you to go to the end of your lesson plan. I want to read something to you. Because this, the three spaces for your three friends that you're going to pray for is going to be in your lesson plan every week. But this prayer is also going to be in your lesson plan. It's also going to be on the card we're going to give you next week. It's also going to be on the Gospel Central app. It is simply a prayer you can pray with somebody. And by the way, the prayer is not magic. The prayer is simply a way of saying yes to God. God is inviting you into a relationship. Salvation is a relationship. The prayer is simply saying, God, I accept the relationship invitation on your terms. Which is that I'm a sinner, you die for my sin, and I give my life to you. That's all it is. It's not magic. Okay, let's read it together. And we'll read it out loud, and then we're going to bow for a word of prayer. Uh, let's read it out loud. Say, Father, I admit that I am a sinner, that my sin has brought death and destruction into my life, my relationship with people. And God, I believe that Jesus died for my sin and that his death paid the penalty for my sin. I confess or agree that Jesus is Lord, that he died and rose from the dead and is able to forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I trust that you love me and can hear my prayer. By faith I ask you to please forgive me and fill me with the Holy Spirit. I surrender my life to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody in all our campuses, I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. In a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand up and acknowledge that you prayed that prayer for your own soul. In all the campuses, we're going to ask you to stand up and we're going to give you an opportunity. If you prayed that prayer because you want to be saved, we're going to ask you to stand up and then we're going to ask you to come forward because we want to pray with you. And while you do that, though it may be scary, you're going to have everybody in the room cheering for you. Because we are happy that you have defeated and overcome the lies of the devil in your life. So I'm just going to lead it to you, lead you in an abbreviated version Quick, very quickly, if you prayed that prayer, you say, yes, I want to be saved. I want Christ to forgive me of my sin. In the privacy of your heart, wherever campus you're in, just pray this prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray this abbreviated version of what we just said. Pray, dear God, please forgive me of my sin. I believe that the penalty of my sin is death. And that Jesus died and rose from the dead. I surrender my life to Jesus. Thank you, God. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer and you're saying, yes, I want to be forgiven. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you to stand up on the count of three. And whatever campus you're in, there are going to be people there who are going to pray with you. We want you to stand up there as well. But this is the only 
relationship that can save you from the lies and destruction of the devil. So if you pray that prayer and you say, yes, I want that. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to stand up and acknowledge. And then I'm going to ask you to come forward. But first, you're, all you're going to do is stand. So on the count of three, just stand up. No matter what campus you're in, if you pray that prayer, just stand to your feet. One, two, three. Just stand to your feet if you pray that prayer. God bless you. God bless you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. God bless you. God bless you. Stand up. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. Very good. God, stay standing. God bless you. Very good. Very good. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Very good. God bless you. We see you in the balcony. God bless you. Good. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Stand to your feet. God bless you. Good. Anybody else? God bless you. Now in a minute, I'm going to ask all of y'all who are standing to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. So right now, if you're standing up, just come out of your seat, come on down to the altar, and let's give them a hand as they come on down. Amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. Just stay right there. Amen. visitor, uh, the service is not over. What we're going to do is we're going to cheer them into that room and then Pastor George will come out and pray for our offering and dismiss us. Let's give these people a big hand as they come on down. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. God bless you. Good, 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 good. Amen. Um, God knows everything about all of y'all. Everything. And you know what he says? I love you so much. Amen. <laughs> and, my, and my plan for your life, no matter what you've gotten yourself into, I got you. Amen. You just have to trust me. No matter what, I got you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If God, if God could take me, who was doing cocaine right down the street, my, my, all my peoples were in Point Loma here. <laughs> they go to church here. Now, if God could take me and get me to do this, please. That's a whole lot of love and forgiveness. But you have to do it his way. If you don't do it his way, he can't, he can't help you. He ain't going to help you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So in a minute, we're going to pray for y'all and lead you into that room back there. We want to help you with your next step. All of y'all, next week, I want you to be praying for those people on your list. I want you to be praying about that list. Amen. 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 God bless you, sir. God bless you. Amen. 
I want you to be praying, Lord, use me. And I'm going to pray that God give you eyes to see the people in your life he wants to love. This is not another series. This, is, this should be our life. That God would give you eyes to see the people in your life. You already know who they are. That he would start to break your heart. And, and, and this week, some of y'all, he's going to say, tell him now. You'll be like, but I haven't had the lesson yet. You don't need, I don't need to go to class to, tell, to learn how to tell you how much I love my wife. I don't need to go to class. It's not going to be in your eloquence. It's going to be the Holy Spirit moving in your heart. And you can simply say, look, I, I don't understand. You know, we're supposed to have this. We're supposed to learn next week and Sunday in church, but I haven't, had, I haven't learned it yet. So all I know is that, you know, Jesus died for my sin. He loved me and he changed my life. You can say that now. And what do you want? You got the prayer right there. So you think. Or you can say, can I just pray for you? Just say, just pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me. That's it. I mean, you can do that now. So if you get moved, go for it. And someone in your life is going to go, uh, I don't know what the heck you're saying, but Jesus, forgive me. And their life is going to get rocked. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Lord, I pray for these people and I pray that you change their life. And I pray that whatever darkness they're in, that you would fill it with light and hope and joy and peace. And let them know if you wanted to destroy them, you would have done it a long time ago. That the only reason they're alive is because you want to give them another chance. So bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a right turn and walk this way. Let's walk this way. people to the Lord a day. And I'm not going to do that, well, in two ways, collectively, but also just me. And the way we're going to do that is through uh, technology, online. So I've been making these little videos, three minutes, just a gospel presentation, the ABCs that we just read, and we put them online. And last week we put it on this another website, uh, Facebook page that we don't own, but it has millions of followers, and 3,500 people got saved in three days. Amen. The reason, the reason I'm telling you this is because those people do not know me. They don't know me. They're from all over the world. This Facebook page is 20-something million followers, and they had to literally type in, yes, I prayed that prayer to accept the Lord. And it's just a three-minute video. Now, I don't know what they heard before. It doesn't matter. God, God, one, of the, one of the ways God designed me is the closer. I get brought in the ninth inning. I'm Mariano Rivera. This is my favorite closer in the world. Amen. I'm not saying everybody. But all I'm saying is those people are sitting there waiting. 
they're waiting. And so I, I, the devil does not want you to believe what I'm telling you. Because if y'all start sharing your faith, he, he's going to be scrambling. Because people are going to get saved like this. Like this. And everybody you see, you're going to be like, maybe they can get saved. That is what you're going to start thinking. And it's true. Because I got in ministry because it happened. I led my neighbor to the Lord who was 16. I was like, man, that was easy. Go to your sister. She got saved. I was like, why don't I just keep doing this? And I'm still doing it. That's how it happened. And, and I'm not saying it's going to happen that way for you. But there are people in your life right now who are just waiting. They're just waiting. And yet, and, and only take this if it applies to you, but so many people just go to church, mind their business. And while all these people around us are going to hell. That's playing church. We don't want to do that. Our time's running out. Pastor George, we're going to take the offering. I got it right here. You know, our story is one of the most important things we have to share. But one of the other things we have to share are resources that enable the technology and the building and the opportunity for people to come into a personal relationship with Christ. You know, I just got back from a, a week in Haiti. And when I, every time I go there, I'm just reminded when I come home, how blessed I am. Are you blessed? Let's, let's thank the Lord for blessing us so much. And just like the Lord didn't give Pastor Miles the gift of evangelism so he could keep it to himself, he gave it to him to share it with the world so that the kingdom of God could come in reality in our community the resources, God didn't bless us just so we could keep it for ourselves, but so that we would have an opportunity to use it to do something eternal. Jesus said in Matthew 25, when you, you give to the least of these, you gave it to me. Giving of our tithes and offerings is something that we get to do that's eternal today. And so my wife, Nan, and I, we give joyfully uh, every week because we know if there's nothing else we do, we did something that's going to make an eternal difference. Amen? So let's pray over our tithes and offerings. And uh, Father, thank you that you give us such a practical, simple, easy way to be a part of your eternal work here in San Diego and around the world. So we pray that you would take our tithes and offerings, that you'd be blessed with them, that you'd multiply them, and you'd use them to bring thousands of people into your kingdom forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Our giving boxes are at every exit. You can give online just by clicking that button. Our pastoral support team is up front if you need prayer for anything. God bless you. We'll see you next week.